Blog Talk Radio. The Bible says my king is a seven-way king. He's a king of the Jews. That's a racial king. He's a king of Israel. That's a national king. He's a king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. Well, I wonder, do you know it? (laughs) David said, the heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth his handiwork. My king is a, is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoulder supply. No barrier can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He stands in the solitude of himself. He's august and he's unique. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He is the supreme problem in high criticism. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He is the coral necessity for spiritual religion. He's the miracle of the age. He is the superlative of everything good that you choose to call him. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meager. I wonder if you know him. Well, this is my king. He's the key to knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his office is manifold. His promise is sure. His life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him to you. Because he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You can't get him off of your hand. You can't outlive him. 
and you can't live without him. Yeah! 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 That's my kid! All right. Amen, 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 amen. I greet you in the master's name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Christ, my Lord and Savior, and my Elohim, my rock, my redeemer, the love of my life. I want to welcome you all out to another edition of the Sword of the Spirit. I'm Brother Miles, and I am your host. We have been dealing in the book of Leviticus. We finished up Exodus and started Leviticus last week. And so now we're going to get into uh, the book that gives us all the ordinances concerning uh, what sin is and what is um, innocent sin or sinning unwillfully. Uh, unknown. You know, you can sin and not know you're sinning. You will sin. But the most high treats it differently. One of the things that as I was going through this and, and you know, retroflecting on what's in the New Testament versus what's in the Old. In the Old Testament, you could sin and you could bring, it would appear that you could sin and uh, what was the problem? People were sinning and they would just go get another animal. They continue to sin. You know, so I sin, let me go get an animal pay for that, and then I did it again. Oops, I did it again, let me go get another animal. And what the Most High has done with all of sin in the New Testament versus the old is he's looking at the spirit of the intent of your heart. He's looking at the spirit of the law. And so... In the Old Testament, you could, as I said, you could sin, and then you could say, oh, I sinned again. Let me go get another, uh, another bull or a ram. But in the New Testament, what has actually changed is, most I said, if you willfully sin, there is no more blood. So you couldn't go back and get, you can't take Messiah back to the cross and re-kill him all over again. Big, big difference between the old and the new. So in the old, you could willfully sin, and then you go get a bull or a ram or a turtle dove, whatever the, the sin called, whatever the payment was that was called for. But now in the New Testament, we have Messiah that has paid for sin once and for all. And so uh, you can't willfully sin. So let's look at, because what I want us to pick up in the book of Leviticus, especially when it's concerning uh, the cleanliness laws and what is uh, willful sin or ignorant sin, meaning that you didn't know you were sinning, you were still sinning, you just didn't know it. And what the most high says you have to do to get out of those. Now, we know the, we know the, the payment for sin has already been paid to Messiah. So as we go through the New Testament, I don't want you to say, think that I'm saying that, hey, you got to go back and pick these things up. No. But we do have to look at what was the intent all along. What did he intend for the condition of your heart to be? That you would just willfully sin over and over and over again? No. He said the blood of bull and goats, I never want it. It's sin. Not that he never wanted sacrifice. Because there were sacrifices that were um, a sweet savor, a sweet smell in his nose that he liked. And so, uh, but he never wanted the, the blood of bull and goats for sin. 
but he did it so that he wouldn't have to kill us. Anyway, before we jump into this, I want to say Shabbat Shalom to everybody. If you have not entered into your Sabbath, I hope that you are preparing to. And if you have entered into your Sabbath, I hope that you are ready to eat from the word of Yah. I want to say greetings to everybody out in Pal Talk Land, Blog Talk Land, and on the Internet in general, wherever you may be listening to us. Uh, we greet you in the master's name of Yeshua HaMashiach, our Messiah, our Elohim. I'm going to pray us in, and then we're going to read from Psalm 71 with this Shabbat, and then we're going to get into the Sabbath reading. So if I can have the brothers to uncover their heads, the sisters to cover their heads, let us turn toward the east, toward Jerusalem, holy hands raised to the Most High Elohim. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercy. We thank you for life and health and strength today. We thank you for the opportunity to once again come together to break bread and to observe your Shabbat, a day of rest that you have ordained that your people should eat perpetually throughout all time. Father, we ask that you would forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. We ask that you lead us not into temptation, but that you deliver us from evil. We ask that you hold not the iniquities of our forefathers against us, for they are all gone by the way of the grave, and we are still yet here, seeking to keep your statutes, laws, and commandments in spirit and in truth. Father, you have said that your people have done wickedly and that they have walked contrary to you and that you have walked contrary to us. And you have said that if we would acknowledge our sins and if we would repent of them and if we would accept of the punishment and not complain, that you would once again turn your eyes and your ears towards your people Israel. So, Father, we want to acknowledge that we, your people have done this. You know, we have sinned before you and we have walked contrary to you. And, Father, we repent of our sins. And we won't complain about the punishment that you have put upon us by scattering us throughout all the nations of the world. And you have made us the lowest wherever we're at. And, Father, we won't complain about it. But our testimony will be, this is what happens when you disobey the Most High Elohim. So, Father, please turn your eyes and your ears back to your people, Israel. Hear our supplications and our prayers, and deliver us from this captivity that you have set us in. Father, we pray for Israel that is asleep, that you might wake them and give them an archery to come and keep their statutes, laws, and commandments. We pray for Israel that is awake, that you might give them the meek and the humble spirit, the spirit of love, for you are not love. Now, Father, as we go to work in the kingdom, we ask that you would smile upon this work, and that you would give us favor in all that we do. In Jesus Christ's precious name I pray. Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. The book of Psalms. Book of Psalms, uh, chapter 71. And the word of Elohim reads on this slide. Hear the Yah. Do I put my trust? Let me start over. In thee, O Yah, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou, thou hast given commandment to save me, but thou art my rock and my fortress. Deliver me, O Elohim, out of the hand of the wicked, out of the hand of the righteous and cruel man, but thou art my hope, O Yah Elohim, thou art my trust from my youth. By thee have I been holding up from the womb. Thou art he that took me out of my mother's bowels. My praise shall be continually of thee. 
I am a wonder unto many, but thou art my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise and with thy honor all the day. Cast me not off in the in the time of old age. Cast me not off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength faileth. For my enemies speak against me, and they that lay wait for my soul's counsel together, saying, Yah, or yet saying, Elohim has forsaken him. Persecute and take him, but there is none to deliver him. O Elohim, be not far from me. O my Elohim, make haste for my help. Let them be confounded and consumed that are adversaries to my soul. Let them be covered with reproach and dishonor that seek my hurt. But I will hope continually and will yet praise thee more and more. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation all the day, for I know not the numbers thereof. I will go in the strength of of Yah Elohim. I will make mention of thy righteousness, even of of thine own. O Elohim, thou hast taught me from my youth, and hitherto have I declared thy wondrous works. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O Elohim, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, and thy power to every one that is to come. Thy righteousness also, O Elohim, is very high. Who has done great things? O Elohim, who is like unto thee? Thou, that thou which hast showed me great and sore troubles shall quicken me again, shall bring me up again from the depths of the earth. Thou shalt increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. I will also praise thee with the salting, even thy truth, O my Elohim. Unto thee will I sing with the heart, O thou holy one of Israel. My lips shall greatly rejoice when I sing unto thee, my soul which thou hast redeemed. My tongue also shall talk of thy righteousness all the day long, for thy right for, for they are confounded, for they are brought unto shame and seek my hurt. In the most I had a blessing to the reading, the hearing, the understanding, and the doing of his word. In Yeshua HaMashiach's special name I pray, amen. So we want to give the most high hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Hallelujah, Father, for putting up with such a stiff neck and a hard-headed people. Thou hast said that thou would keep us, that thou would save a remnant of us. To your people now, your remnant. Just to the seed of Abraham, that you have said that you would build up, that you would make a, a, a body out of Father Gatherer, bring us into your righteous kingdom. Be our king and our Elohim. Hallelujah. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you have provided. We thank you for our sound mind. We thank you for giving us your precious spirit, the Holy Spirit, the set-aside spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh, your spirit, Father. We thank you for adopting us. 
and making us one of yours. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name, Father. Who is like unto you? There is none like unto you, Father. No, not one. No, not one. Hallelujah. Thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for your righteous judgment. Hallelujah. Thank you for not wiping us utterly out of the earth, not making us as Sodom and Gomorrah. Hallelujah. For your people truly deserved it. But you chose us. Promise Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and your word is sure, and it is steadfast, and it is solid. And this we can depend on. Hallelujah. Glory to your name. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to your name. So let us go ahead and start in Leviticus chapter 4. Hallelujah. You ought to stop right now, whatever you're doing. Focus on the Most High and His Word. And let us go to the Word of Yah. The book of Leviticus, chapter 11, verse 1. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of Yah, concerning things that ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people. So what I want us to pick up on is, he's about to go through three categories of people, okay? He says, now, if a soul shall sin through ignorance, a soul can be a priest, a layperson, a king, a general term. So now he's going to tell each of these different groups of people what they must do if they find themselves in ignorant sin. So he, he starts off, if the soul shall sin in ignorance. Now he says, if the priest that is anointed do sin. So we're going to talk about the priest first. If the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sins of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which he has sinned, a young bullock without blemish unto Yah for a sin offering. Now, we know that we're not required to do a sin offering today of a bullock. We know we have no sight. But still, we can suffer from what? Ignorant sin. It is still sin. So the day that you discover that you have been sinning ignorantly, you have to take an action. Can't just say, oh, oh, I didn't know, and leave it at that. No. You need to have godly sorrow. You need to understand that, hey, you're transgressing and transgressing the laws of the Most High. Even in ignorance, it's still a sin. And you don't want to die in your sin. So he says, if you sin ignorantly, now here he's telling them to bring a sacrifice, a sin offering. And he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before Yah, and shall lay his hand upon the bullock bed and kill the bullock before Yah. And the rest and the priest that is anointed shall take the bullock, the bullock's blood, and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. So we can see that this is a priest that's not on duty. 
this is a priest that is um, off duty, and he's sending. He has done a sin according to the people. You know, he's not sending in the in the things of the altar, but he has sinned. And so he needs to bring a sacrifice for his sin. And the priest that's on duty, and the priest that is anointed, that's the one that's on duty. He's anointed with what? The Holy Spirit to do the the things of the tabernacle. So take the bullock's blood and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood and sprinkle the blood seven times before Yah, before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar of sweet incense before Yah, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar. Of offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and he shall take off from it all the fat of the bullock for the sin offering, the fat that covers the inward and the fat that is upon the inward, and the two kidneys and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flame, and the call above the liver and the kidneys, it shall be it shall be taken away, and it was and it was taken off from the bullock of the sacrifice of peace offering. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar of the burnt offering. And the skin of the bullock and all his flesh, with his, with his head and with his leg, and his inwards and his dung, even the whole bullock shall be carried forth without the camp unto a clean place where the ashes are poured out and burned on the wood with fire. Where the ashes are poured out, shall he be burnt. This bull has to be burnt outside the camp. And if the whole congregation of Israel sinned through ignorance, now we're talking about the whole congregation. We dealt with the priesthood. If the whole congregation of Israel shall sin through ignorance, and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of Yah, concerning things which should not be done, and are guilty, when the sin which they have sinned against it is known, then the congregation shall offer a young bullock for the sin and bring him before the tabernacle of the congregation. So now we got the whole nation doing something that they don't they don't know that it's sin. But when they find out, they have to do what? They have to bring a sin offer. They have to confess this thing. We have done wickedly before you. We didn't know yeah, that we were sinning. But now that we know, we repent of it and we turn away from it. And the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands upon the head of the bullock before Yah, and the bullock shall be killed before Yah. And the priest that is anointed shall bring of the bullock's blood to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in some of the blood and sprinkle it seven times before Yah, even before the veil. And he shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar, which is before Yah, that is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour out all the blood at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall take all his fat from him and burn it upon the altar. And he shall do with the bullock as he did with the bullock for the sin offering. So shall he do with this. And the priest shall make an atonement for them, and it shall be forgiven. So even with this bullock, he takes the fat, burns it on the altar, as the sin offering, and then he takes the rest of the bull out outside the camp to a clean place and burns it there. It says, and then 
Then the priest does this, and the people shall be forgiven. And he shall carry forth the bullock without the camp and burn him as he burned the first bullock. It is a sin offering for the congregation. When a ruler, so we've dealt with the priesthood, now we've dealt with the congregation, the nation, your members of your church, your camp, whatever it is, the body that, that the most I put you over. And now we're going to deal with the ruler. When a ruler has sinned and done somewhat through ignorance against any of the commandments of Yah, his Elohim, concerning things which should not be done, and is guilt, or if he, his sin, wherein he has sinned, come to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goat, a male without blemish. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the goat, which transfer the sin from him to the goat, and kill it in the place where the sin where they and kill it in the place where they killed the burnt offering before Yah. It is a sin offering. He has to bring a what? A goat. And the priest shall take up the blood of the sin offering with his fingers and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour out his blood at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. And he shall burn it all, his fat, upon the altar as the fat of the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him as concerning his sin, and he shall be forgiven, and it shall be forgiven him. And if any one of the common people sins through ignorance, not a common people, and like the congregation. But, you know, I'm thinking the congregation may be, in this sense, I need to go back and reread that. The congregation may be the Levitical priesthood. But now it's talking about, uh, now it's talking about the common people. So the congregation must be the priesthood. So we have the priest and the priesthood, now the king. And now we're getting ready to talk about the what? Common person. Any one of the common people. Just a second here. Continue. And if any one of the common people sins through ignorance, while he does somewhat against any of the commandments of Yah concerning things which ought not to be done, and be guilty, or if he sin which he has sinned, or if to his sin which he has sinned, come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering, a kid of goats, just like the king, a female. Now the king was supposed to bring a goat that was a male. Let's make sure of that. Yeah, he's to bring a male goat. Now, a common person was to bring a female goat. He is to bring his offer, a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin, which he has sinned. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering and slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. Again, when you lay your hand upon the sin offering, it transfers the sin from you to that animal. And the priest shall take of the blood thereof with his finger and put it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour out all the blood thereof of the, at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof as the fat is taken away from off the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor unto Yah. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be forgiven. And if he bring a lamb for a sin offering, he shall bring a female without blemish. So if it was a goat or a lamb, a sheep, 
and he had to, for the common person, he had to bring a female. The king was to bring a male. And the priesthood would sacrifice males. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they did kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall take of the blood of the sin offering from his finger and put upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof as the fat of the lamb is taken away from the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar according to the offerings made by fire unto Yah. And the priest shall make an atonement for the sin that, uh, that the sin that he has committed, and it shall be forgiven him. So we have ignorant sin here, sin that people didn't know that they were committing. The day that they it came to their knowledge, they had to repent and they had to bring a sacrifice. Today. The one who has paid for our sins is Messiah. And we can't just say because he has paid for all sins that we are forgiven every time we sin. Because that is not what the scriptures teach. And this is something that the church and the camps don't. You cannot willfully sin once you come to the knowledge of Messiah. You cannot sin and continually sin once you come to Messiah. Matter of fact, the scriptures teach us that once you come to Messiah and you have a knowledge of sin and you acknowledge all your sin that's in your life and you ask Messiah to forgive you for it, and you go in the water and be baptized in his name. All of your sins up to that point and past, at that point and backwards, are paid for. Not your future sins. It's not paid for. The scriptures say that he is a propitiation, a payment for sins that are past. So you can't say, oh, this includes all my future sins. No. If you willfully sin at that point, he says, there is no more blood for you. And I'm certainly looking forward to of a fiery indignation. That's why it's important that our people understand this. But even from the law, we're going to see that nothing changed from the old to the new except for we got rid of the animal sacrifices. Don't have to go get a, a lamb or a goat or a bull. Messiah died for those sins. But now if we sin ignorantly in the New Testament, let's bring it to that point. Then he says we are to confess our sins. And then he is sure and just to forgive us that sin that we confess. Ignorant sin. Not willful sin, ignorantly sin, then he is sure and just to forgive us once we acknowledge that, oh, I didn't know that was a sin. I'm so sorry. Father, forgive me. I didn't, I honestly didn't know. And I, I repent of it, I turn away from it. 
and I won't practice that. Then he says, then he is sure and just to forgive us. And if you know what you're doing, and you go ahead and do it, he says there's a you have a certain fiery indignation to look forward to. Leviticus chapter five. And if a soul sin and hears a voice of swearing, an oath, and is a witness, whether he have seen of the uh, whether he has seen or know of it and he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. So if you are a witness and you hear somebody swear or you take an oath and you don't tell the truth or you don't tell what you've seen or you've heard, he says you shall bear your iniquity. Or if a soul touch any unclean thing, what are the unclean things? He told us back what animals were clean, uh, what conditions, what things we can do to make ourselves unclean. So you can touch an unclean person. You can touch an unclean animal. You can do something to make yourself unclean. But if a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it be the carcass of an unclean beast or the carcass of an unclean cattle or a carcass of an unclean creeping thing, now what makes a cow unclean? Then it dies on its own or it dies and something has mutilated it. Okay, if we kill it and we know that it's not diseased, then it is not unclean. Or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and if it be hidden from him, he also shall be unclean and guilty. The most I say, you don't even know about this, but you are you are what unclean and you're guilty of being unclean. Guilty implies what? Sin, and it does. Or if he touched the uncleanliness of man, whatsoever uncleanliness it be that a man shall be defiled withal. For anything that he's described that makes a man unclean, and it be hid from him when he know it, then he shall be guilty. So, and today what we try to do is we try to say, oh, well, I didn't know, so I'm not held accountable. The day that you know you're accountable and you're guilty and you need to repent of it. Because you can't know that it's sin and continue in it and say, oh, it's okay because I was innocent. I didn't know. Most of still says you sin. He says, now, I'll forgive you for that. But if you had come with the attitude that, oh, uh, you're not accountable, then I'm going to hold you accountable. So we have the uncleanness of beast, we have the uncleanness of man. Whatever makes the beast unclean or whatever, if the beast is already unclean. See, swine is unclean. Pork is unclean. Bacon is unclean. Shrimp, lobster, crab, scallops. All those foods that we tend to eat today, call it delicacy, the most I says they're unclean, not fit for you to eat. But man has made it a delicacy. And you grew up, and now you love this stuff, and you know you do. You know, I love catfish, and used to love to eat catfish and shrimp and crab. But as soon as I understood that I was not supposed to be eating these things, 
not because they taste bad, but because the most high said that they are unclean and not to be eaten. He says, then when you eat these things, you're guilty. Or if the soul, if a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips to do evil or to do good, whatsoever it be that the man shall pronounce with an oath, and he and it be hid from him, when he knoweth it, then he shall be guilty in one of the in one of those things. I'm not really sure how that one works, to be honest with you. If a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips to be evil or good, whatsoever it be that the man shall pronounce with an oath, and it be hid from him. I guess if the oath, whatever the oath is, if it becomes true, if it becomes where he's accountable for it, and he don't know it, when he knows it, then he shall be guilty in one of these. And it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these, that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto Yah, so his sin offering, which he has sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb of a kid of the goat, for a sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. And if it be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he has committed, two turtle doves, and two young pigeons unto Yah, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. And he shall bring them unto the priest, who shall offer that which is for the sin offering, and wring off the head of the neck, and shall put and shall not divide it asunder or in two. And he shall sprinkle the blood of the sin offering upon the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be wrung out at the bottom of the altar. It is a sin offering. We shall offer the second for our burnt offering according to the, to the manner, and the priest shall make an atonement for him that has sinned, if she has sinned, and it shall be forgiven him. But if it be not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he that sinned shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an epa of fine flour for a sin offering, and he shall put no oil upon it. Neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. And he shall bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it, even a memorial thereof, and burn it on the altar, according to the offering made by fire. Upon uh, unto Yah, it is a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him. Oh, and Yah, and Yah spake unto Moses. Leviticus chapter 5, verse 14. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul commit a trespass, and sin through ignorance. Again, a trespass and sin through ignorance in the holy things of Yah. So they did something they were supposed to, but they didn't know they were supposed to do it. Then he shall bring for his trespass unto Yah a ram without blemish out of the flock, and with thy estimation by shekels of silver, and the shekel of the sanctuary, after the shekel of the sanctuary, for a trespass offering. And he shall make amends for the, for the harm that he has done in the holy thing, and shall add the fifth part thereof, and give it unto the priest, and the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done, 
by the commandments of Yah, though he knew not, though he knew it not, yet he is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. So if a soul commits any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments, well, I didn't know that was a sin. By the commandments of Yah, though he know not, knew it not, yet he is guilty and shall bear his iniquity. Didn't change in the New Testament then. <coughs> you can say, I didn't know. The Most High still says you are guilty and you're going to bear your what? Iniquity. And he shall bring a ram without blemish of the, of the flock with, the, with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest, and the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his ignorance. Then he erred and knew it not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering. He has, he has certainly trespassed against Yah. So that is the conclusion of the matter. Then you sin in ignorance. Just because you don't know it is a sin, don't make it, don't make it not a sin. It doesn't cancel it out that it is a sin. And so the day that you learn of it, you have to repent. And you really need to go on your knees before the Most High and ask his forgiveness with heartfelt sorrow, godly sorrow. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something to be taken lightly. Leviticus chapter 6. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul sin and commit a trespass against Yah, and lie unto his neighbor in that which he delivered him to keep, Okay, now we're going to get into somebody gave you something to keep. They gave you 20 bucks, told you to hold on to it, you spent it. Or they said, keep my dog, and you got the dog killed. Whatever the case be, they, they, they gave you something to keep it. And you lie unto his neighbor in that which you delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in, or in a thing taken away by violence or they just came and took it from you, or have deceived his neighbor, they deceived you and took it, broke into your house, or have found that which is lost and lie and lieth concerning it, and swears falsely in any of these that man does sit does sinning therein. Then it shall be then it shall be, because he has sinned and is guilty, and he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he has deceitfully gotten or that which he has delivered him to keep, and the lost thing which he has found. Now, we can apply this to business. We can apply this to any person out there who says they're a Christian and think just because they're in business that they can cheat someone. Or you're the boss at the company, you think that you can have your workers do above and beyond uh, that which is fair. You've done it, what, deceitfully. And you've, taken, you've actually taken taking their labor from them in deceit. The same process applies. And the most high sense is you are guilty and that you have to return to them that which you took, which means that you have to return to them with interest, and we're going to see this. So whatever their labels were, whatever you paid them for, somebody took something from you. Money, jewels, uh, no matter how they got it, it was through it was they stole it, 
They conned you out of it. In other words, they didn't deal with you with an open and honest heart. They didn't deal with you. Uh, they were trying to trick you, and they did trick you. They deceived you. How many, you know, how many times did we see this out of the banking system? How many times did we see this generally in the capitalistic system? So a lot of people are going to be held accountable for a lot of things. So let's read this. Then it, then it shall be because he has sinned and is guilty that he shall restore that which he took violently away, that thing which he has deceitfully gotten, or that which he was delivered him to keep, or that thing, or the, the lost thing which he had, which he found. So if you found somebody's wallet and it had money in it, and you took the money and gave them back their wallet, because you're supposed to restore that money back to them. All that all that about which he has sworn falsely, he shall even restore it in the principle, in whatever it was, add the fifth part, more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it was and whom to whom it pertained, in the day of his trespass offering. And he shall bring his trespass offering unto Yah, a ram without blemish, but uh, out of the flock, with, his, with thy estimate for a trespass offering unto the priest. For the day that he goes to bring his trespass offering, he's supposed to have already paid back this debt. Can't come and ask for forgiveness from God, and you have not paid the debt back. You haven't uh, done your due diligence in restoring to this person that which you took from them plus interest. The same applies today. You can't go before God and ask forgiveness for him for a sin you committed against someone. You took something from them. You stole it. Uh, you lied to them about it. You deceived them uh, and got this from them, whatever it is. And go and ask them forgiveness that you haven't given them back the thing and you haven't paid restitution, not just what you took, but he says add a what? Fifth part. So it's easier to do this with money if it was $20, it's the fifth part of a 20 $4. So you give them $24 back. I'm sorry, here's your money back, and here's $4 for me taking it deceptively. A fifth part. Very simple. But you won't, you know how people fight and trying to just get back the principle. And he shall bring his transparency offering unto Yah a ram without blemish out of the flock with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him before Yah, and it shall be forgiven him for anything for for anything of all that he has done in the trespass therein. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all night until the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning in it. So the altar of the, the fire of the altar is to burn what all night. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches, and shall be put and shall he put upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and shall put them beside the altar. He shall put off his garment and put on his other garments and shall carry forth the ashes without the camp into a clean place. So he was not allowed to wear his temple garments outside the temple. 
and the fire and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in the order upon it, and shall burn thereupon the fat of the peace offering. And the fire shall shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. So the priest's job was to make sure that this fire what? Never went out. That's what they wanted to do. And this is the law of the meat offering. The sons of Aaron shall offer it before Yah, before the altar. Now this meat offering was going to be part of it was going to be their food. And he shall take of it a handful, and of the flour of the meat offering, and of the oil thereof, and all the frankincense which is upon the meat offering, and shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor, even the memorial of it unto Yah. And the remainder thereof shall Aaron and his sons eat with unleavened bread, and shall be and shall it and shall it be eaten in the holy place. In the court of the tabernacle of the congregation shall they eat it. It shall not be baked in the leavened. I have given it unto them for their portion of my offering made by fire. It is mo- it is a mo- it is most holy, as is the sin offering, and as and as the trespass offering. All the male among the children of Aaron shall eat of it. It shall be a statute forever in your generations concerning the offerings of Yah made by fire. Everyone that touches them shall be holy. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, This is the offering of Aaron and of his sons, which, he, which they shall offer unto Yah in the day that when he is anointed, in part of an ephah of fine flour, for a meat offering perpetual, half of it in the morning and half thereof at night. And in a pan it shall be made with oil. And when it is baking, that then thou shalt bring it in. And the bacon pieces of the meat offering thou shalt offer for a sweet savor unto Yah. So the priest should have to bake bread every day, unleavened bread every day, with what oil, as a meat offering. And the priest, and the priest of his sons that is anointed in his stead shall offer it. It is a statute forever unto Yah. It shall be wholly burnt. So they're supposed to burn this whole thing up. For every meat offering for for the priest shall be wholly burnt, it shall not be eaten. And Yah shall and Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his son, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is killed, shall the sin offering be killed before Yah. It is most holy. The priest that offers it for sin shall eat it. In the holy place shall it be eaten, in the court of the tabernacle of the congregation. Whatsoever shall touch the flesh thereof shall be holy when there is sprinkled of the blood thereof upon the of any garment. Thou shalt wash that thou shalt wash that where upon it was sprinkled in the holy place. But the earthen vessel wherein is sodden shall be broken. For if this was a clay vessel, break it. And if it is sodden be in brass and pot, it shall be both scoured and rinsed in water. So if it was an earthen vessel like clay, or mud, whatever they might make a, a, a pot out in those days, then if it got blood on it, it was to be broken, not used anymore. But if it was brass, then they could scour it and what? Rinse it out. All the males upon the priest shall eat thereof. It is, a, it is most holy. And no sin offering, wherefore of any of the blood is brought into the tabernacle of the congregation, 
to reconcile with all in the holy place shall be eaten and shall be burnt in the fire. Likewise, this is the law of the trespass offering. It is most holy. In the place where they kill the burnt offering, they shall kill the trespass offering. And the blood thereof shall be sprinkled round about the altar. They shall offer all the fat thereof, the rump and the fat that covers the inwards, and the two kidneys and the fat that is on them, which is by the flank, and of the call that is above the lips with the kidneys, and it shall be and it shall be take it shall he take away. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar for an altar made by fire. <coughs> Unto Yah, it is a trespass offering. Every male among your priests shall eat thereof. It shall be eaten in the holy place. It is most holy. As the sin offering is, so is the trespass offering. There is one law for them. The priest that maketh atonement uh, therewith shall have it. So whoever makes the atonement for, for sin or for uh, the trespass offering, that belongs to what? That priest to eat. And the priest shall offer any man's burnt offering, even the priest shall have to himself the skin of the burnt offering which he has offered. And all the meat offering that is baking in the oven and all that is fresh in the frying pan and in the, and in the pan shall be the priest that offered it. And every meat offering mingled with oil and dry shall be the sons of Aaron, uh, shall of the sons of Aaron have one such as, one such as another. And this is the law of the sacrifice of the peace offering, when he shall offer unto Yah. If he offer it for a thanksgiving, then he shall offer with the sacrifice of thanksgiving, unleavened cakes mingled with oil, and unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and cakes mingled with oil of fine flour, fried. Besides the cakes, he shall offer for his offering leavened bread with the, leavened bread with the sacrifices of the thanksgiving of his peace offering. So here is a an offering that is made with what leaven bread, and of it shall offer one of and and of it he shall offer one out of the whole oblation for a heave offering unto Yah, and it shall be the priest that that sprinkles the blood on the peace offering, and the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering for Thanksgiving the same day that it is offered he shall not leave any of it until the morning. And if the sacrifice of his offering be a vow or a voluntary offering, it shall be eaten the same day that he offers his sacrifice, and on the morrow also the remainder of it shall be eaten. But the remainder of the flesh of the sacrifice on the third day shall be burnt with fire. So for this uh, peace offering, you could eat it two days. But on the third day, you couldn't eat of it. And there's a and there's a penalty for eating it on the third day. But if any of the flesh of the sacrifice of his peace offering be eaten at all on the third day, it shall not be accepted. Neither shall it be imputed unto him that offered it. It shall be an abomination, and the soul that eateth of it shall bear his iniquity. So eat it the first and second day, the peace offering on the third day, burn it all up. And now, like cooking no more. Let me let me go go ahead and eat this thing. And it's the third day. The most I says, it is not acceptable as a peace offering anymore. And that person would bear their iniquity. And the flesh that touches any unclean thing shall not be eaten. It shall be burnt 
excuse me, it shall be burnt with fire. And as for the flesh, all the clean shall all the clean shall be shall eat thereof. All that be clean shall eat thereof. But the soul that eateth of the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering that pertaineth unto Yah, having his uncleanliness upon him, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. Moreover, the soul that shall touch any unclean thing, after the uncleanness of man, or any unclean beast, or any abominable unclean thing, and eat the flesh of the sacrifice of the peace offering, which pertaineth unto Yah, even that soul shall be cut off from his people. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Now we have to understand about this, this peace offering. You come into peace offering to the Most High. You know, this is a, a, this is a voluntary offering. And if you don't do it right, if you eat of it and you're unclean, then it wasn't acceptable. It says, and it is egregious sin. How do we apply that today? When you bring the Most High a peace offering, you come before him. That's why I said you can't appear before the Most High just any way, in any condition. Spirit of them. Take away the animal sacrifice. What is it teaching us? You're bringing an offering to the Most High, and you are unclean. You have touched something that is unclean. You have done something that makes you unclean. But you're going to come before him, and you're going to offer your thanksgiving and your praise. And you're going to ask him, you know, hey, I just want to be at peace with you. I offer this, this offer, this offering humbly. And he says, but you're unclean. What are you doing before me? in this unclean state. See, because, because people don't teach the cleanliness laws in the churches and they don't uh, enforce them in most of the camps, you wouldn't know this. You would be doing this in ignorance, appearing before the Most High, offering up your sacrifice and your praise and your unclean. This guy's eating that pork chop or that ham. Or have had relationships with your wife or your husband. Whatever it is that makes you unclean, this is the spirit and the intent of it. Don't come before me just any kind of way. Always come before me in your best, best, best. Don't treat me as common. Don't think that you can just lay down before me and I'm I'm supposed to accept it because you did it. Just treating the most high is just common. He says, no, I'm higher than royalty. The concept. You know, we, we live in a democratic society, and so I'm going to speak to it from that standpoint. We have lost a lot of etiquette. Don't understand how you treat 
people of power that the most has put in power. It's priesthood. You know, if we were in a uh, a kingdom and we had a king, you wouldn't dare go before the king the way you go before the president. You wouldn't dare open your mouth to the king as you like we do some people do to the president. When that man called Obama a liar in the presidential speech in another time and place, that would have never happened. And if he did that, all the Obama would have had to say is lay on him, fall on him. That meant to kill him for his words. But we don't reverence things in this society that way, so it's hard for us to understand that the Most High don't want us coming before him just any kind of way. Don't come before me if you're unclean. If if you're in a condition where you can't help but be unclean, then according to this word and this law, you are, you can petition most I may or may not hear it, but he might look at your condition and say, you know what? They don't have any other recourse. They don't have any other. They, they are doing the best that they can in this condition. But if you don't have an excuse, You just choose to come unclean. He says, I don't want that. You stink. You're unclean. I don't want that. And I don't have to take it. And we we act as though the most I have to accept any and everything. He's telling us through these concepts and through these precepts what is acceptable to him and what is not to him and what is not. Okay, let's keep going. Leviticus chapter 7, verse 22. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, You shall eat no manner of fat, of ox or of sheep or of goat, and the fat of the breast of the, of the, and the fat of the beast that dieth of itself, the fat of that which is torn with feet may be used in any other use, but it shall in no wise eat of it. You shall in no wise eat of it. So you can use this fat. Don't eat it. For whosoever eateth of the fat of a beast, of which men offer an offering made by fire unto Yah, even that soul that eateth it shall be cut off from his people. The fat is reserved to Yah. And he says, don't you eat of it. Moreover you, shall, moreover, you shall eat no manner of blood, whether it be of the fowl, of the fowl or of beef or any in your dwelling. How many people you know that are people who like to meat medium rare or rare, and it's still bloody? Most of says you should not do it. So if you grew up, you know, eating your meat that way, and you read these things, these things have not changed. This has nothing to do with a sacrifice. This has to do with what's acceptable to Yah. 
So they say, oh, oh, now you can eat bloody meat. No, it doesn't say that. Twenty-seven. Whatsoever soul it be that eateth any manner of blood, even the soul shall be cut off from his people. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, He that offers the sacrifice of his peace offering, unto Yah shall bring it his oblation, unto Yah the sacrifice of his peace offering. His whole own hands shall bring the offering of Yah made by fire. The fat with the breast it shall he bring. The breast may be waved for a wave offering before Yah. And the priest shall burn the fat upon the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron and his son. So shall he bring these things for your peace offering? The fat's going to be burned upon the altar, but the breast belongs to who? Aaron and his son. And the right shoulder shall be given unto the priest for an eve offering of the sacrifices of your peace offering. And he among and he among the sons of Aaron that offers the blood of the peace offering and the fat shall have the right shoulder for his part. So the right shoulder, whoever's on duty, they get it. And he among the sons of Aaron that offers the blood of the peace offering and the fat shall shall the right shoulder be the part. Let me reread that. And he among the sons of Aaron that offers the blood of the peace offering and the fat shall have the right shoulder for his part. For the wave, breast, and the heave shoulder have I given, have I taken of the children of Israel some off the sacrifices of their peace offerings and have given it unto Aaron and the priest and his sons by statute forever or from among the children of Israel. So we have to know that these, well, these priests had to be rotating in and out because if a priest did five of these offerings, he would have five shoulders. Um He'd have to eat that that day, him and his family, all of it. So you would think that they rotated this duty out, in and out of this duty. This is the portion of the anointing of Aaron and the anointing of his son out of the offerings of Yah, made by fire, in the day when he presented them to minister unto Yah in the priest's office which Yah commanded to be given them of the children of Israel in the day that he anointed them by the statute forever throughout their generation. This is the law of the burnt offering, of the meat offering, of the sin offering, and of the trespass offering, and of the consecration, and of the sacrifices of the peace offering, which Yah commanded Moses in Mount Sinai in the day that he commanded the children of Israel to offer their ovulations unto Yah in the wilderness of Sinai. And Yah spake unto Moses, saying, Take Aaron and his sons with him, and the garments and the anointing and the bullock for a sin offering, and two rams and a basket of unleavened bread. And gather thou all the congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as Yah commanded him, and the assembly was gathered together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses said unto the congregation, This is the thing which Yah commanded to be done. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. And he put upon him the coat and girded, uh, girded him with the girdle and clothed him with the robe and put the ephod upon him. And he girded him with the curious girdle of the ephod and bound it unto him therewith. 
and he and the, he put the breastplate upon him, and also put in the breastplate the urim and the thummim, and he put on the mitre upon his head, also upon the mitre, even upon his forefront, that he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as Yah commanded Moses. And Moses the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and all that was therein and sanctified them. And he sprinkled thereupon the altar seven times and anointed the altar and all his vessels and put the labor and his foot to sanctify them. And he put and he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head and anointed him to sanctify him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons and put coats upon them and girded them with the girdles and put bonnets upon them as Yah commanded Moses. <coughs> and he brought the bullocks for the sin offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullocks for the sin offering. And he slew it, and Moses took the blood and put it upon the horns of the altar round about with his finger and purified the altar and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified it to make reconciliation upon it. And he took all that fat that was upon the embers and and the call above the liver and the two kidneys and their fat, and Moses burned it upon the altar. And But the bullet and his high, his flesh and his dung, he burned with fire, outside or without the camp, as Yah commanded Moses. And he brought the ram of the burnt offering, and Aaron and his son laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And he killed it, and Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about. And he cut the ram into pieces, and Moses burnt the head and the pieces and the fat. And he washed the inwards and the legs. And he washed the inwards and the legs in water, and Moses burnt the whole lamb upon the altar. And it was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savor, and an offering made by fire unto Yah, as Yah commanded Moses. And he brought the other ram, the ram of consecration, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram, and slew it. And Moses took up the blood of it, and put, and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear, and the thumb, upon the thumb of his right hand, and upon the great toe of his right foot. And he and he slew it, and Moses, oh, and so now Moses, Aaron is what now consecrated, and he's holy. But so blood is now touched him. And he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put of the blood upon the tip of the right ear, upon the thumbs of the right hand, and upon the great toes of their feet, right feet. And Moses spread the blood upon the altar and around about. So now his son, Aaron's sons are what consecrated. They took of the fat and the rump, and all the fat that was upon the inwards, and the call above the liver, and the two kidneys, and their fat, and the right shoulder. And out of the basket of unleavened bread that was before Yah, he took one unleavened cake, and a cake of oil bread, and one wafer, and put them on the fat, and upon the right shoulder. And he put, upon, and he put all upon Aaron's hands, and upon his son's hands, and waved them for a wave offering before Yah. And Moses took them from their hands and burnt them on the altar from the burnt offering. They were consecrated for a sweet savor. It is an offering made by fire unto Yah. And Moses took the breast and weaved and waved it for a wave offering before Yah. For of the ram of consecration, it was Moses' part, because he made the sacrifice, as Yah commanded Moses. And Moses took up the anointing oil and of the blood which is upon the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his son 
upon his son's garments with, with him and sanctified Aaron and his garments and his sons and his son's garments with him. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto his sons, Boil the flesh at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and there eat it with the bread that is in the basket of the congregation. As I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it, and that which remains of the flesh and of the bread shall be burnt with fire. And you shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in seven days, until the days of your consecration be at an end. For seven days, for seven days shall he consecrate you. And he that has done this, and and he, and as he has done this, ooh, let me read that. As he has done this day, so so Yah has commanded to do to make an atonement for you. Therefore, shall you abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night, seven days, and keep the charge of Yah, that you die not. For so I am commanded. So Aaron and his sons did all things which Yah commanded by the hand of Moses. Leviticus chapter 9. And it came to pass upon the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering without blemish, and offer them before Yah. So seven days have passed, now it's the eighth day. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goat for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish, for a burnt offering, and also a bullock and a ram for a peace offering, to sacrifice before Yah, and a meat offering mingled with oil, for the day that Yah will for, for the today Yah will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation. All the congregation drew near and stood before Yah. And Moses said, this is the thing which I commanded that you should do, and the glory of Yah shall appear unto you. So Moses said, hey, if you do this thing, I'm going to not only be with you, but I'm going to appear unto you in a form that you know that uh, it's me. It's not going to be my true form, because if you look upon my face, you shall surely die. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar and offer thy sin offering and thy burnt offerings, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people, and offer the offerings of the people and make an atonement for them, as Yah commanded. Aaron therefore went unto the altar and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger into the blood and put it on the horns of the altar and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the calves above the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar as Yah commanded Moses. And the flesh of the high he burnt with fire outside or without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's son presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about the altar. And they, and they presented the burnt offering unto him, and the pieces thereof, and the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards and the legs and burnt them upon the burnt offerings of the altar. And he brought the people's offering and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it and offered it for sin at the first. But we know this is for the people, this has to be with a female. And he brought the burnt offering and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the, pe- the meat offering and took a handful thereof and burnt it upon the altars beside the burnt sacrifices of the morning. And he slew also the bullock and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offering. 
which was for the people, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled upon the altar round about. And the fat of the bullock and of the ram, the rump and that which covered the inward, and the kidneys and the call above the liver. And they put the fat upon the breast, and he burnt the fat upon the altar. And the breast and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before Yah, as Moses commanded. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them, and came down from the offering of the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and the peace offering. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And the glory of Yah appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before Yah and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Can you imagine? And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereupon and offered strange fire. Now we're in Leviticus chapter 10. And I want us to, I'm going to define these two names, what they mean in the scripture, so that we can understand how do most I operate. Nadab means uh, good grief. And why I had a brain up there. Nadab means liberal. And Abihu means worship. So we have, we have liberal worship. The sons of Aaron took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before Yah, which he commanded them not. Liberal worship. I didn't command you to do that. Now it's strange that their names mean this, liberal and worship. So what is he going to do to liberal worship? And there went out fire from Yah and devoured them, liberal worship, and they died before Yah. Most High doesn't want us to worship him any kind of way. You can't just do whatever you want to do. And it's supposed to be acceptable to him. He doesn't like liberal worship. Now, you don't have to take my... my uh, word on this. Look up the word yourself. Look up the name. Liberal worship. The most I burnt it up. He says, don't do unto me other than what I tell you to do. Don't say unto me other than what I give you permission to say. So, liberal worship. He burnt it up. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that which Yah spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh unto me. I will be set apart. You don't just do whatever you want to do concerning me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Because, you know, he probably was about to go off. What? 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 My son. But how is he going to do this before Yah? And Yah has already told him from the beginning, I will be sanctified. You don't treat me as common. And we hear this people. Do you think that you can come to the Most High, come before him any kind of way? 
his cup. And he says he don't accept it. Don't worship me. This don't mean that you're liberal worship does not mean that you are free to worship any kind of way you want. He burnt it up. Liberal worship. He burnt it up. It's not acceptable. It was strange to the Most High. What are you doing? I gave you a specific order. I told you when you should do this and when not to do it. And here you are doing it when you're not supposed to, out of order. Cost them their lives. Glory. You can't give God whatever you think is acceptable. I hope we can hear this. Then Moses said unto Aaron, this is that which I spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them. But come nigh unto me, man of God, woman of God, pastor, brother, teacher, preacher. If you claim that the Most High is working through you and you're doing his service, then don't offer him strange fire. Better get down on your face and ask him how, to, how you are to approach what you are to do because he don't like us just winging it, faking it, doing that which is right in our own mind. He don't like that. And we see this concept here. And Moses called Michelle and Elzaphan, the sons of Uzziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Eleazar and unto Ithamar, his son, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest you die. And least wrath come upon all the people, and let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, be well the burning which Yah has kindled. And you shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, which ye die, for the anointing of the oil is upon you. The anointing oil is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. So Moses said, hey, don't curse, don't take the bonnet off your head. Don't rent your clothes, your priest's clothes. At least you want to die too. And Yah spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when you go into the tabernacle of the congregation. Least you be, least you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generation, coming directly to Aaron, and that you may put a difference between holy and unholy, and between clean or unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which Yah has spoken unto them by the hands of Moses. And Moses spake unto Aaron and unto Eleazar and unto Ithamar his sons that were left. 
take the meat of the offering that remaineth of the offering of Yah made by fire and eat it without the leaven besides the altar, for it is a, for it is most holy. And you shall eat it in the holy place because it is thy due and thy son's due of the sacrifices of Yah made by fire, for so I am commanded. So you just saw your son burnt up? You feel like eating? This is what, what's going on here. And you shall eat it in the holy place because it is thy due. Uh, verse 14, and the way and the way's breast and the huge shoulders shall you eat in, in a clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters with thee. For they be thy due and thy sons due, which are given out of the sacrifices of the peace offerings of the children of Israel. And the heave shoulder and the wave breast shall be thy shall they bring with the offerings made by fire of that of the fat who waited for a wave offering before Yah. And it shall be thine and thy sons with thee by a statue forever, as Yah has commanded. And Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering. And behold, and behold, it was burnt, and he was angry. With Eli, with, and he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, which were left alive, saying, "Wherefore have you not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is most holy? And Yah, Elohim, has given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation to make an atonement for them before Yah." All this is the question. Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. You should indeed have eaten it in the holy place as I command. I think they're kind of in shock. But the Most High said, hey, don't be in shock. I've already told you. And Aaron said unto Moses, behold, this they have the offered, their sin offering and their burnt offering before Yah, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of Yah? Meaning that in his heart, he had a, he had a problem. And Moses, and when Moses heard that, he was content. So the Elohim that we serve, he does not play. We play. He doesn't play. And we have that here in this chapter. These two men, priests, have been taught the duties of the tabernacle, and their duties is to light incense at a certain time and to offer it. And they came and offered it as they saw fit, which to me tells me that they knew what they were supposed to do, but they didn't take it seriously. And being overzealous, when and what? Offered some strange incense to Elohim. And he burnt them up. Now, when I researched the names, Nadab and Abihu, and found out that their names mean literally liberal and worship, the message is the Most High does not like liberal worship. He says, I am Yah, and I change not. So if it wasn't good back then, it's not good today. We better be reading this book and going on our faces and finding out what is acceptable 
to our Elohim. There's so many people out there going off of their going off of their the zeal that they present to the Most High, things that are not acceptable to Him. And with that, I'm going to close with this Shabbat. I want you to go and think about what we've read. Are you offering strange fires to the Most High? Are you presenting to him something that is not pleasing to him because you are in an unclean condition? According to his word, this is not just for the Jew. This is all. This is for anybody who says that they believe in Messiah. If you know that you're a Hebrew Israelite. This is for you. If you're a Gentile and you are wanting to be grafted into the nation of Israel as the seed of Abraham, this is to you. Are you offering strange fire to the Most High? That's how serious this is. Are you doing what's right in your own eyes? Because you haven't bothered to find out, you haven't bothered to ask, this seems right, let me do this. I heard somebody does that. Man, they do that on Halloween. But if not, sounds good, I'll do that. Because I don't know what else to do. The most I says, be held accountable for it. He changes not. So next week we will pick it up with Leviticus chapter 11. But as you go forth in your Shabbat this week, consider, I mean this, this weekly Shabbat, consider the matter. Are you offering strange fire to the Most High? Are you offering liberal worship? Are you worshiping him the way he says to worship him? Or are you worshiping him and what's right in your own eyes? And tomorrow, we're going to continue with the Sabbath lesson, uh, spiritual warfare, the call of duty. And we're going to be talking about uh, lying spirits, and the spirit of jealousy, and how these spirits manifest themselves, what their root causes are, and how do we deal with them? How do we deal with them? According to the scriptures. So join us in Pal Talk, Yah's Global Kingdom. If you receive the messages that I send out, the, the links are in there, the instructions as to how to set up an account, what have you. Uh, but this is crucial for our people because we are really stuck in a spiritual battle and spiritual war, and we're not winning. Our people as a whole, 
are not winning. And so we need to find out how to deal with these spirits according to the word of Yah. See how they manifest, what their root cause is, and how the Bible says to deal with them. That's tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Pal Talk online. That being said, may the most high encamp his angels around you, keep you safe from all hurt and harm, you and your loved ones, and may he bless your going in and your going out. Until next week, brothers and sisters, be good to one another.